Isaiah chapter 66, verse 1. This is what the Lord says, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? When Isaiah prophesied this, the temple in Jerusalem had been ransacked, but he was prophesying that King Cyrus would come from Persia and allow them to rebuild the temple, and that is exactly what they would do. But the Lord is saying here that even if they do build a temple, it still isn't really a permanent resting place of the Lord. He's too great. His permanent dwelling is the heaven that he creates. 2. Has not my hand made all these things, and so they came into being, declares the Lord. These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit, who tremble at my word. The Lord approves of us when we are afraid of him, with a holy fear, a reverent fear that believes his commandments and believes his promises and his curses. When we obey because we don't want to go to hell, that actually makes the Lord very happy. We take him seriously. And a humble and contrite spirit is when you realize that you're wrong and that God is greater than you and you are very sorry for your sins. Contriteness is sorrow for our sins. It isn't enough to just flippantly say, Oh God, forgive me. If we're truly sorry, we'll confess all of our sins to him and shed tears and be truly appalled at what we did. That is what a contrite spirit is. 3. But whoever sacrifices a bull is like one who kills a person, and whoever offers a lamb is like one who breaks a dog's neck. Whoever makes a grain offering is like one who presents pig's blood, and whoever burns memorial incense is like one who worships an idol. They have chosen their own ways, and they delight in their abominations. This is a verse against the emptiness of religion. The Lord knows that we're just going through the motions, showing up at church, giving the offering, singing the song, but it's just going through the motions. We don't really honor him. Our lives are about us. And he says of the Israelites, when you go and make offerings to me, in my opinion, because you refuse to repent of your sins, it's just the same as if you offered a sacrifice to idols. When they sacrifice to idols, they would break a dog's neck or present pig's blood or burn hideous incense. And he says, you're just like the idol worshippers because you continue to sin just like the idol worshippers sin. 4. So I also will choose harsh treatment for them and will bring on them what they dread. For when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, no one listened. They did evil in my sight and chose what displeases me. The Lord talks to us all the time. In our heart and mind, he confronts us when we're sinning. He tells us to quit sinning. But when we ignore him, then we will be punished. 5. Hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word. Now this would be his saints, because they are reverent toward what he says. Your own people who hated you and excluded you because of my name have said, let the Lord be glorified, that we may see your joy. Yet they will be put to shame. 
He says, to those who actually obey me, I am saying, your own people rejected you because you obey me, and they have given me lip service, saying, let the Lord be glorified, but I will put them to shame for their deceptive words. 6. Hear that uproar from the city, hear that noise from the temple. It is the sound of the Lord repaying his enemies all they deserve. Under the Babylonians, some of the Jews were openly practicing idol worship in the temple. They could get away with it because the Babylonians wanted them to do that. In earlier chapters in Isaiah, the Lord told the people, Repent now before I come. Now he's saying, When I come, all those who are practicing sin and idol worship are going to be destroyed. 7. Before she goes into labor, she gives birth. Before the pains come upon her, she delivers a son. 8. Who has ever heard of such things? Who has ever seen things like this? Can a country be born in a day, or a nation be brought forth in a moment? Yet no sooner is Zion in labor than she gives birth to her children. Many people believe these verses are about when Israel became a nation in 1948, and many of her people were sent home to Israel on a ship. This virtually happened overnight, so these verses are saying that Israel will become a nation in one day. In King Cyrus's time, it was much the same. As soon as the messengers from King Cyrus arrived in Jerusalem, Jerusalem was under the control of Cyrus and Israel was able to become its own nation again. And this will also happen again when Jesus returns. In one day, when he returns to set up his millennial kingdom, Israel will again be a nation, and for the first time, it will control the entire world with Jesus as its king. 9. Do I bring to the moment of birth and not give delivery, says the Lord? Do I close up the womb when I bring to delivery, says your God? Women deliver. Even if it's a stillborn child, it's going to come out. The Lord has never caused anybody to come to labor and not have a child, no matter what state the birth ended up in. But he says when he brings Israel to labor, she will give birth to a nation. Again, that already happened in 1948, but it will happen in a whole new, extraordinary way when Jesus returns. 10. Rejoice with Jerusalem, and be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice greatly with her, all you who mourn over her. Many people around the world, namely Christians, mourn for Israel now. When Christ returns, all of those who love Israel will rejoice with her. In 1948, people rejoiced as well because Israel became a nation-state. 12. For this is what the Lord says, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. A nursing woman bounces a baby on her knees and holds the baby in her arms. It's saying that the nations will fawn over Israel and pamper and give Israel wealth, just like a nursing mother would do for a baby. 
13. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you, and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. The Lord also will comfort and pamper Israel. He's been comforting Israel since 1948, but when Jesus comes, it'll be way more glorious than Solomon's kingdom was, and Solomon's kingdom was the most glorious kingdom that ever existed to date. 14. When you see this, your heart will rejoice, and you will flourish like grass. The hand of the Lord will be made known to his servants, but his fury will be shown to his foes. Jesus will exact great wrath on his enemies and great mercy on his children. 15. See, the Lord is coming with fire, and his chariots are like a whirlwind. He will bring down his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. 16. For with fire and with sword the Lord will execute judgment on all people, and many will be those slain by the Lord. This could be talking about the great and terrible day of the Lord before the millennial reign, and it can also be talking about Armageddon when God sends fire from heaven to devour all of the nations that come against Israel. 17. Those who consecrate and purify themselves to go into the gardens, following one who is among those who eat the flesh of pigs, rats, and other unclean things, they will meet their end together with the one they follow, declares the Lord. So whoever follows false doctrine, false religion, and paganism, they will meet the same fate as those who they follow. So if you're following a guru or a wizard or into paganism, you will get the same bad ending that your leader gets. 18. And I, because of what they have planned and done, I am about to come and gather the people of all nations and languages, and they will come and see my glory. That will happen during the millennial reign. All of the nations will witness the glory of Jesus Christ. 19. I will set a sign among them, and I will send some of those who survive to the nations, to Tarshish, to the Libyans, and Lydians, famous as archers, to Tubal and Greece, and to the distant islands that have not heard of my fame or seen my glory. They will proclaim my glory among the nations. This seems to be talking about the dispersion of the gospel across the world after Jesus came the first time. So Isaiah saw that the people in Old Britain and places like that who didn't know anything about God, they were going to learn about the Lord and his miracles. 20. And they will bring all your people from all the nations to my holy mountain in Jerusalem as an offering to the Lord, on horses, in chariots and wagons, and on mules and camels, says the Lord. They will bring them, as the Israelites bring their grain offering, to the temple of the Lord in ceremonially clean vessels. This says that the nations will transport the Israelites to Israel. Now this has been happening since 1948. There are ministries all over the world that give Israelites plane tickets to go back to Israel. And also when Babylon was destroyed by Persia, Lots of people sent the Israelites back to Israel as well during that time. 21. And I will select some of them also to be priests and Levites, 
says the Lord. This means that he's going to select some Gentiles to be priests and Levites. And that's because Gentiles can get grafted into his family. When we enter heaven, it will have seven gates of pearl. Each gate is named after one of the tribes of Levi, and yet many Gentiles will go to heaven. When a Gentile goes to heaven, they will enter into one of those pearly gates, which represents a tribe. I personally believe that the reason we enter a gate that represents a tribe is because that will denote what tribe we have been engrafted into. 22. As the new heavens and the new earth that I make will endure before me, declares the Lord, so will your name and descendants endure. He says, just as my new heaven will live forever, so will your descendants. This is one of the many promises in the Bible that whoever goes to heaven will live forever. 23. From one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all mankind will come and bow down before me, says the Lord. During the millennial reign, the world will practice the feasts of God because Jesus will be king. 24. And they will go out and look on the dead bodies of those who rebelled against me. The worms that eat them will not die. The fire that burns them will not be quenched. And they will be loathsome to all mankind. This means somehow that we will be able to see the people in hell. Some people believe that hell is not eternal, but Jesus said multiple times in the New Testament that hell is eternal, and that the fire in hell is eternal, and the worms in hell are eternal. They never stop eating, and those worms never die, and that fire never goes out. So hell is eternal. It is forever. And that is the second death. It's a death where you wish you would evaporate, but you can't. You keep suffering, and that is the worst death anyone can ever experience. So the suffering continues forever. I hope that motivates all of us to repent of our sins. And that concludes Isaiah chapter 66. It also concludes the book of Isaiah. The next book that we will be reading is Jeremiah.